Sox. White Sox. Go, 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 go. Call your sons, call your daughters. Holy cow. You can put it on the board. Yeah. Yes. It's a perfect game. Run out, go. Grand slam. A White Sox winner and a world championship. Jimenez. He's your hero tonight. Thanks, Cubs. The dynamic duo of Herb Lawrence and Chris Tannehill. Those two are like a tag team, you know. Come with me. Hi, this is Jim Tomey, and the best White Sox talk is on Locked On Sox podcast with Tanny and Herb. Boo. Boo. Hello. Boo. (laughs) And welcome back to Locked On Sox. My name is Herb Lawrence. You can follow me on Twitter, Ecknerwall23, or Chris Tannehill at Chris Tannehill, and our show at Locked On Sox. 312-566-8727 is the way you can leave us a voice message. Or locked on socks at gmail.com. It is Chris Tannehill. How you doing? Oh, I was booing. They they deserve to be booed. So did our so did our open. So do we. We deserve to be booed today on a feel good, fun, fast pizza Friday. We are brought to you I today. I was saying boo earns. Thank you for clarifying that. Um by the way, while we're on the topic, I don't know if we'll ever get back to this. The during the with the whole Javi Baez Mets booing thing, the one guy who had the sign that said, I was saying boo Ayes. I love that guy. <laughs> um we're brought to you today by Spotify Green Room. Download the Spotify Green Room app. And find one of our locked on rooms. You know, doing our show on my phone a couple nights ago, it got me thinking. Maybe we should really start utilizing uh, this this uh, Spotify green room and uh, getting some, uh, you know, a couple extra clicks, some views, some more eyes and ears on the show. Maybe during the postseason, uh, on days that we are not doing the post game shows on the score, maybe we'll pop on the green room and you guys can check us out live. Uh, what do you think? I, I think we could. That's manageable. Now that I have an, see, I didn't have an Apple device for all these years, and now I have one, so now I can do that. So maybe we'll look into that but uh you're in with the in crowd finally you finally yeah and my life is exactly the same um (laughs) Sox magic number is still at seven cleveland they were off last night and uh, the astros are winning at the time they were recording the show here but oh boy what a clunker Uh, first and foremost just a reminder if you're listening to this on friday tomorrow check us out we're going to be at the Ballpark Pub with our guys from the 108, 514 West Pershing Road, just blocks from the ballpark at Pershing, just east of Halstead. Five o'clock taping for the podcast with us in the 108, and they sent us a rundown. How professional are they? I think people think that we're the professional ones because we're quote-unquote radio guys, and we've got the, we're on the Locked On Podcast Network, but they have like a professional rundown re- ready for us, and they got we got to see it beforehand. How about that, huh? Did you take That's a gander? Great. I did, and it's because I think Beefloaf in his real life is a an accountant or something like that. I don't know what uh, Mike Sucks Summer does, but these guys are professionals. They're, they got real jobs besides doing the White Sox thing. So, yeah, it was really good to see that they are like, hey, this is what we do, and we're understanding that you guys are the radio guys, but, you know, we got the, the, the gig down. Yeah, I, I think Mike Sucks Summer, I think he could – sell his bobblehead collection and have a house in the Hamptons. I'm pretty sure if he decided to ever do that one day. Um, that, that's what To me, that's what he does. I just picture him shipping out exclusive uh, bobbleheads. Uh, by the way, I saw they're giving away a Jose Abreu MVP bobblehead later on this month. It looks uh, nothing like him, but it's pretty cool looking. Did you see that advertised during the game today? I did. <laughs> yeah, so I, of course I got to have it, so I'll, I'll be there to get it, but uh, I have no other uh, bobbleheads with the American League MVP uh, trophy on it, so I'll be getting that that's pretty cool stuff right there but come check us out friday 
or excuse me, Saturday, tomorrow night at the Ballpark Pub with our guys from the 108. We're just going to talk shit. As they say, baseball, beer, and bullshit, that's what we'll be doing. And we'll watch the Sox after. We don't have to worry about a clinching scenario now, that's for sure. After an inexcusable effort uh, by the boys, by the Southside 9 yesterday, they lose 9-3. to They drop their series to the Halos. And oh boy, this was an ugly one, Herb. Let's jump right to it, okay? The, the defensive issues here. We're going to hear Tony, and I'm going to go over some of my concerns with this team defensively. Uh, We're going to go over some numbers, and we're going to try to parse through this, and we're going to find out how concerned we actually should be in terms of the way this White Sox team is playing defensively right now. But let's get right to it, huh? Top of the fourth inning. Uh, it was already two nothing. Uh, back to back singles from Stassi and Walsh. Walsh, the single uh, of the infield variety. I thought Roman Gonzalez actually made a pretty decent play on it. He ranged far to his right, and he made an incredible off balance throw uh, that you know wasn't close to, to getting Walsh there, but it was on target, and that, that was a really athletic, impressive play that we don't get to see a lot of Romy uh, Gonzalez there at, at shortstop, but I thought that was a good athletic move there. Uh, didn't get uh, Walsh on the play, but it showed off the arm and a little bit of the athleticism there from the youngster. But then things began to unravel a bit. Uh, Renjifo hits a ground ball to Tim uh, Anderson and uh, probably would not have turned two, uh, but Tim looks to make the feed to Cesar Hernandez, and old Caesar mm. just wasn't there. He's just like not interested in being at second base to turn the double play. Uh, <laughs> you know, maybe you know the Joe Madden vibes are rubbing off on him. Hey man, if you don't feel sexy over there at second, don't go over there. Uh, so instead of getting at least one out on the play, the Sox get none. Uh, Herbie, you know, I didn't hear the broadcast. We were doing our show today. I don't know if you caught it. Uh, it doesn't really matter at this point, but uh, I, I didn't hear. They kept showing. You know, when you're watching a game and you can't hear the sound when they when they keep the ice shot on the one guy it's probably not good it's not usually for a good thing and oh boy Caesar had some extended camera time there uh, he was ready for his close-up uh, let's before we talk about the other stuff that happened but that play right there by Caesar Hernandez what in the hell are you doing Caesar I don't know like his bat has been missing pretty much ever since he got over to the White Sox but his defense has been pretty solid so we kind of excused it but yeah that's no excuse for that right there Timmy did bobble a little bit, but you should be all the more there. You should be already on the bag, ready to receive the ball from Tim. And I don't know, just a brain fart. It's a afternoon game. The whole team just seemed out of it. But Cesar Hernandez, that's inexcusable. I was expecting Tony to pull him from the game after that brain fart, but it did not happen. And and also because it was a blowout eventually. So I was very disappointed in what Cesar Hernandez presented today in the team of overall. I guess, you know, when you talk about Cesar Hernandez, you know, the guy he won a gold glove last season and, you know, we thought they were going to upgrade defensively. And I still think they have because I think when I look at Cesar Hernandez's play at second base, is still a pretty good defender. He usually will make all the routine plays, and you could see he's he's sort of he's, he's a natural fit there. It's, it's real fluid motions, real you know quick reflexes there, and you know they do make a pretty nice turn when they do turn two with him and, and Ta. But yeah, like he's had some moments for sure, and I don't know if this is just you know we got to think about it, and we'll get to this a, a little bit here when when Tony talks. But the human element here. 
you know, coming over to a winning team, you know, I'm sure he's feeling the expectations and he sees like, you know, the, the talent that's around him. And if you look up and down one through nine during, the, you know, when everyone's there and healthy, he is the, the low man. He's the low man in the batting order. He's the low man in terms of, of talent and, and, you know, just getting here a couple months ago. It can't be easy. Um, so the good thing is we've we talked about this in a lot of ways in regards to the postseason, but once the postseason begins, it all just goes back to even. And guys who are struggling can can all of a sudden start fresh. And guys that are red hot, they've got to start fresh too. They, they can talk themselves into carrying it over, but a lot of times it, it, it starts from zero again and everyone's on the same. So maybe he can just take the, the last half of 2021 in the regular season and, and just turn the page on that and focus on being a winning player for the 2021 White Sox in the postseason because I think he is. I, I do like his brand of baseball, and you know I think he will improve there, but that was just inexcusable. And I think maybe you're looking at a team here who sees the, the finish line in sight in terms of this magic number, and they're, they're losing a little bit of the intensity, and they're just tired. I think a lot of guys are tired around the league generally. I, I, you know, I don't watch a ton of, of out-of-town baseball on nights that the Sox aren't playing, but you know, you know, un, you know, lack of crisp baseball, I, I would assume it's happening a lot around the league this time of year when you look at how many games all of a sudden compared to this time last year. I'm guessing this is not a problem unique to the White Sox, but something to consider if you're watching uh, out-of-town baseball is I think around this time of year you, you see a lot of this stuff. Uh, but two pitches later with the bases loaded, uh, Mayfield hooks a double down the third baseline. When I I didn't I watched the replay a bunch of times. It was kind of a tough angle there, uh, but I don't think Romy would have had a play on it. The the effort looked lackadaisical, but upon rewinding it over and over again, I don't think he was close to having a play. It was just a, you know not aesthetically pleasing the way he was playing where he was playing on that ball. And in terms of you would like to maybe see him dive, but you know look some guys will dive for no reason. You see it a lot in the outfield, like make a make a dive for no reason, and when you don't when you don't have to, a guy dives for a ball. Ball, slides feet first and catches the ball like chest high. You know what I mean? Like that's you know I, I'm not a, a one of these guys who asks you to dive all the time and get your uniform dirty. I don't think he would have had a play, uh, you know, but because it looked bad initially. But I, I think we're good there. But uh, eventually. Uh, Eloy tries to corral the ball down in the corner there. Things get even worse. Eli overthrows Romy, who was the cutoff man in the play. The ball trickles away from Collins after Eli, Eloy throws it in. Collins can't keep it in front of him. Ronaldo was not in a great spot backing up Collins. The ball trickles past Lopez. Three-run score on the play. Mayfield scoots over to third base after the errors, and uh, and then after that, uh, Rojas ends up going deep, and before you know it, uh, the game becomes a real chore to watch, and you pretty much know what type of day it's going to be, and it's 7 nothing there. That was one of the worst sequences I've seen. You could put that up there in any sequence over the past decade for the White Sox. You could throw the rebuilding teams in there. You talk about one play, uh, that's right up there with some of the worst I've ever seen, and it just it's really it offended my baseball sensibilities herb and you, you hate to see that type of play it's just inexcusable on all fronts like it, there was a it was a complete team breakdown on this play yeah and i was thinking like this team is playing really sloppily the the cesar hernandez thing was started and then when i saw that i was like these guys are not interested in today's game and you've seen it and maybe they are tired maybe they do see the finish line out there and they're like like Danny Parkins, let's just get to the playoffs. <laughs> Second half, and I'll put those in quotes, they're 29 and 27. They're just over 500. 
not interested in, you know, the competition is not pushing them. So Cleveland's way back there. And there's nothing really to give them motivation except for themselves. Sometimes you need self-motivation to get through these days, especially the dog days of August and September when you're just thinking about, oh, man, this is just a long-ass season. And coming off that 60-game season where it was quick as a sprint, I'm sure this is feels even longer. Like, it just is, oh, this is just dragging ass. I can't believe it. I'm not savoring what uh, the the marathon of this, game, this season is. I'm just garbage time where we're playing garbage teams and losing to them. They lost the season series to the goddamn <laughs> Anaheim Angels, who are terrible without their two of their best players with Mike Trout and uh, Anthony Rendon on the shelf. But Mr. Cobb was out there dealing, so I got to tip the cap to him, but the White Sox were not interested in today's game. They did come back, or at least attempt to make a comeback there, which I will, I will give them credit for, but it was far you know, too little too late there uh, for the Sox. But uh, you talk about finding that motivation internally and the, and, and the fire inside of you there to, to keep it – uh, keep things, you know, just keep it on a competitive level and, and not get complacent out there. So if you can't find it internally, who's going to do it? Uh, well, thankfully, you've got a manager who's seen things like this, you, you know, year after year in baseball. He's got the rings to, to show for it. I'm sure uh, he's had experiences like this with teams before. So you rely on your your rock of a manager and you know, okay, like if anyone is is in need of a, of a kick in the ass or a pat on the back, depending on the guy who needs what, uh, Tony's going to know how to delve it out. But overall, he cannot be happy with that effort out there. And if anyone's going to put a stop to this, and if, if anyone knows what type of intensity needs to happen before the playoffs begin, it's Tony. Here's what to- Coach Tony had to say uh, on the defensive uh, disaster there in the fourth inning. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, sometimes – I know I wear you out with that. So I'm glad it's good to be near the end of the season and get tired here. My, you know, men, not machines thing, but they're not, they're men, not machines. And once in a while you get a little funk. Uh, and that's what momentum is about. You know, you get in a good, good thing and it's, it's a good aura, a good vibe. You get into a funk and, and uh, stuff gets worse. But, uh, was, you know, we, we were funky today. So that's all, Herb. That socks were just funky, 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 funky. That's all. That's all it is. Just a little funk. Uh, does that does that surprise you? Like, I hope that that he got into their ass in the clubhouse because you know that that's that it that was from the things we've seen of, from Tony this year with the the Sevy thing and the your mean stuff and it, it it's like a different guy. He must be protecting his team in the media, but I hope he's laying into him in the clubhouse after that effort today. We all saw it. It's not like you'll have some of these days that teams will beat you every once in a while. Those days you could just, you know, we've been on here where, okay, that's just not your day. Today was a day where the White Sox were not interested, actively not interested in winning or playing the game. I was surprised that they had uh, a lineup that was made up pretty much of everyday starters out there. And those everyday starters did not get the job done today. And I was shocked i mean if, if tony does it like we were talking about the other day with uh dallas keiko looking at yoan mancada in public if tony's airing these guys out in the clubhouse turn over tables fine but when he comes to us and says hey this is what's going on in the public i'm fine with him saying hey it's just a funky day guys nothing wrong with these guys they're all good but in the private he knows that today's effort wasn't there we got dumb errors. We got dumb decisions. And once errors were made, it started 
going on top of each other. I think we were talking about Raylo. He was pitching pretty well. And once he probably saw those errors, that home run was inevitable. It was going to happen because yep. he's like, you guys are not giving effort. effort. I'm not going to be out here giving premium uh, stuff out here either. So I'm just getting my innings in. Um, are you worried about Tim? Because Tim had an error himself. Well, he had, the, you know, you had told me that the error in, in the Hernandez play where he just uh, was not interested in going to second base, that they actually charged uh, Tim with that error. But then Tim had a throwing error uh, later on in the game. And are, are you worried about him? He just, you know, I'm starting to think like we, we, we have, there's a lot of posturing by us talking about how, you know, just getting him some rest. But maybe he was actually more hurt. Then they then then they let on and maybe we overlooked it a bit, but he just does not look uh, crisp out there, and I don't expect someone to be you know uh, look super sharp out there after spending a considerable time on the shelf. But uh, that that play where where he overthrows first, you know that's that's like rookie year Tim Anderson stuff. Not even you know I, I, that was concerning to me. It could again could just be one of those days where everyone wants to just, you know, turn the page and, and, you know, take a shower and wash that, that stink of that loss off. But are you worried about Tim? Like he just, it looks, he looks uneasy out there. I'm not, I just got to see this weekend series because you said it, he was been on the shelf for a little bit. Same thing kind of with Lucas Giolito when he came off the shelf and he wasn't as sharp and the command and control wasn't as good. Same thing with Tim, like his, aim to first might be off and the fact that they gave him an error on that Cesar play I think that will be corrected eventually by Major League Baseball but yeah I'm not worried about him unless it continues into Texas and uh, I think the White Sox hopefully will get focused out there in Texas there's a team out there that can get you some games can beat you we were expecting maybe being out there on Saturday with the 108 and celebrating a division clincher that's not going to happen now because <laughs> We're seven games out, or we got a seven-game uh, magic number, and we only got three games versus the Texas Rangers. So it's got to happen versus Detroit now, but I'm not worried about Tim at all. Uh, I'm glad you're self-editing. You're clearly ramping up, getting ready for our post-game shows. I can tell you're self-editing, and I appreciate you for that. Uh, at least whoever's going to be board-hopping our shows during the postseason appreciates that. Uh, we'll talk about more about this defense after a quick timeout. We're going to find it out together here. Should we be concerned about this team defensively? We'll, we'll parse through it together as a family. We'll deal with this issue in front of us, and we'll try and figure it out next here on Locked on White Sox. Locked on White Sox is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar, it's the best-tasting protein bar ever. Don't you love freedom of choice? That's what we love about this country, right? Well, it's no different at BuiltBar.com. They have so many different delicious flavors for you to try. There's something for everyone. Every Built Bar fan that I know, they've got their different favorite flavors. I have mine. Herb has his. Mine, of course, German chocolate. Thankfully, I still have a surplus here from the last time I ordered them. I'm down about 25 pounds now. Thanks to our friends at Built Bar, I've been replacing a lot of those bad sugary snacks with Built Bars, and it's made all the difference. There's so many flavors to choose from. Coconut, Cherry Barcia, Raspberry, Mint Brownie, Double Chocolate, Salted Caramel, Strawberry, Orange, Cookies and Cream, and of course, German Chocolate. So if you haven't tried all these great flavors, great way to get introduced to something new is mix it in. Get a mixed box of Built Bars. That way you can try something new along with the flavors that you already love. So when you get the mixed box, you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. And best of all, they're not only delicious, they're also healthy. 17 to 18 grams of protein in each bar, calories ranging from 130 to 180, only 4 to 5 grams of sugar, and just 4 to 5 grams of net carbs per built bar. All delicious, all good for you. Order today. 
Built Bar, the official protein bar of U.S. track and field. Go to BuiltBar.com and use our promo code LOCK15, and that's going to get you 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. Betting on baseball doesn't have to be a guessing game. If you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling, get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's Lock of the Day. Follow the Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by BetOnline.ag wherever you get your podcasts. You know, I was thinking during the break there, Herb, what you said about just we haven't seen a lot of, of that type of effort from the Sox all season, and that's a, that's a credit to everyone. That's a credit to the teams, credit to Coach Tony, the coaching staff. And, you know, because you will see those clunkers in a baseball season, but maybe I need to recalibrate and, and consider the team in this year's lens because so many guys have stepped up with all the injuries, and I think that's been a big part of why we haven't seen a lot of clunkers like that because when you have guys that are fighting for jobs – who may not be on the roster at year's end. They may be on another team's roster. Like You're going to see guys with, with a really intense level of focus, and I think maybe that's why uh, the, the level of play has been pretty much really good all season long in terms of everything, top to bottom as a whole. You know, There have been sloppy moments with defense, and there's a lot of de- detractors about the defense and, and the bullpen, sure, but I think that that's a big – cause to to why we haven't been sitting here talking night after night about man this team is you know lack of hustle this or bad defense you know not focus we've barely ever talked about that all season uh so i I, you know i I will acknowledge that but let's take a look at some of the numbers i I did some digging here and let me before i get, get into these numbers let me ask you when you think about this team heading into the postseason would you say you know in your list of concerns whatever they are um, how high does defense rank on, on whatever your list of concerns may be heading into the postseason? Um, probably not at all. I mean, I see uh, some play versus with uh, Yohan Moncada, but the plays that he's not making are not plays of Yohan Moncada's bad at defense. And same thing with Timmy or, and Cesar. Um, as far as I'm concerned, defense is pretty solid for the White Sox. Now you're going to tell me that it's not. Well, no, I think I think we know they're not an elite defensive team. At least uh, you know we know they've got some great athletes out there, and they have great defensive players. But I think we would uh, we would both agree that they're not playing up to their their capabilities and to their standards. So Correct. that right, I think we're in agreement there. So I think just by acknowledging that, we know that it's it. I don't think it's a big concern for myself either. You will hear a lot of detractors talking about. The White Sox defense and how it it may cost them a game in the postseason, and you know that that could be true for for any team. You know, uh, it just happens when you're talking about the variance and uh, things that happen in a small sample size of the postseason. Sure, it, you know, I I would not be surprised at all if anything happened really. And you could you could you know say anything about a baseball team, and in a postseason series, any one of those things could 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 pop up and, and bite you. Uh, so you just have to play really good baseball, and that's why it's important to ha- play some good baseball leading up into the postseason. So there's still time for the Sox to do that. But just looking at you know defensive stats that that I value, you know I didn't go too deep in, into the uh, advanced metrics and in terms of all these things because it's a little complicated, I think, for a lot of people to follow, and I'm certainly not extremely well versed to talk about it. I'd be lying to you if I said I was, but let's just talk about. Uh, something, some simple stats here, okay? Um, fielding percentage. 
White Sox are currently 23rd in all of baseball in fielding percentage, okay? And if you want to know where some of the competition may may lie, well, the Astros, they are number one in fielding mm. percentage. Now, a lot, lot of factors there, you know, ballpark factors and all that. This is not including any of those things, but just straight up fielding percentage plays uh, made versus not made. Astros, number one. Uh, where are the other elite teams? The Giants, they're seventh. And the Tampa Bay Rays, uh, they're eighth, okay? So these are all, you know, usually you've got to be in the top 10 if you're going to be one of those elite teams in baseball. The White Sox aren't. They're 23rd in fielding percentage. Uh, errors committed. Uh, the White Sox, are they have committed the 10th most errors in all of baseball. But uh, teams like the Brewers, the Blue Jays, and the Red Sox are all worse than the White Sox. Now, though the Red Sox may be on the outside looking in, uh, but for a large portion of the year, they were right up there in that wild card spot there. But you look at Milwaukee, uh, who their calling card, you you think anecdotally, you say, oh, pitching and defense, maybe not so much on the defensive end. Uh, and Toronto, we know what they do. Uh, and they find a way to win games. So, you know, there are teams worse than the White Sox in terms of errors committed. So you look at the Sox and Brewers, um, you know, and in you know, who are, by and large, you know, teams that win with pitching. Um you go back and look at the World Series winners from years past. So you're wondering, like, can a bad defensive team and win the World Series? Well, let's find that out together, okay? And one other note before I get into that, defensive runs saved. White Sox, get back to these athletes and these and these great defenders that they have out there when they're out there. Defensive runs saved. The White Sox are second in all of baseball, uh, just behind the Cardinals uh, in defensive runs saved. So that that's where you look at right there and you say, oh, well, that's because they've got the talent on the field, and they're able to to have guys make more plays. They've got guys with with great range who can make great plays. So you tend not to worry as much because they have the guys that are capable of being great defenders. So that's why I you know I don't think I get too concerned about all this stuff. But I thought that was pretty encouraging there to see the White Sox second in defensive runs saved on the season. So you look at back at the World Series winners from years past. Let's start in 2015 with the uh, Kansas City Royals. This is. Uh, where teams ranked defensively in each of the World Series years here. The Royals ranked 11th in 2015, and this is fielding percentage here because I, I don't want to deep dive too much in all this, but let's just go straight up fielding percentage. The Royals were 11th in 2016. The Cubs, who I remember having an all-world defense that year, they had a team similar to the Sox where they had guys all over the field who were uh, superb defenders. But if you look at what the numbers say, they were 21st in all of baseball that year in fielding percentage, which that to me, those things like don't compute. I find a hard time believing that, but that's what it is. Um, but we remember like some of the great plays that they, that they made, you know, Javi Baez carrying them defensively, you know, at, at second base in the postseason and Addison Russell when he was, uh, you know, uh, playing at his highest level. You know, they, they had some good defenders out there. And, you know, Dexter Fowler was not the best center fielder in the world, but he made plays out there, you know, to his attractors. You know, he was a big part of that team. So that keep that. So 2017, the Astros. Now, remember, they were cheating now. In <laughs> 2017, the Astros, they were 21st in all of baseball, and they knew what pitches were coming. <laughs> and they were still only 21st in fielding percentage, okay? Uh, 2018, the Red Sox, 9th in baseball. 2019, the Nationals were also 9th in baseball and fielding percentage, so top 10 teams in 18 and 19 in defense. And you go last season, 2020, the Dodgers, they were 19th in all of baseball, uh, and uh, they jumped up to, uh, you know, they were a top 
they were number eight in the postseason because you can split them up by regular season and postseason. So I just decided, oh, the Dodgers, they were not a great defensive team in 2020 in a small sample size of 60 games. But what do they do in the postseason? They cleaned it up a little bit and they, they found themselves, uh, you know, in eighth in postseason. They didn't make a, a big jump, but obviously it was good enough for them to win the World Series. So right now the Sox are 21st, as I said. So they would be. Uh, one of the worst teams uh, in recent memory, uh, you'd have to go all the way back to 2017 where the Astros were 21st. So it's not unheard of. So I, I think when I look at all those numbers there, I'm not discouraged because I know they've got the guys on the field who can make the adjustments. They've got the guys to make the plays. I feel pretty good about, you know, plus Adam Engel is going to come back. That's a big part of this too. The, the, mm-hmm. the, the defense, I think that's like the, the weakest link right now is in right field. Whoever's out there, whether it's Gavin Sheets or Brian Goodwin, once Engel returns, that's going to tighten up immensely. So that's going to do wonders for them. And you hope that, you know, good defense sometimes can be contagious too, just like good hitting. So, you know, the, the, those are things that I look at. And I, I, I know that it doesn't look good at times. And, and Cesar Hernandez has been shaky. But I do think in, an, in a ninth inning, and this is all that matters to me. If you're trying to lock down a ball game, you got your closer out there, whoever it is, and you have your most, your best defensive lineup out there, optimized for for no balls dropping in the outfield and no balls getting through the infield. I feel pretty good about this team, uh, one through nine. Don't you? Yeah, and I'm very encouraged by having the full nine out there. When we have our top six, I think we've had two games. They score a lot of runs. So scoring a lot of runs as what the Dodgers did last year and pitching really well like the Dodgers did last year can look make you look a little bit better when you don't pick up the ball as the White Sox seemingly don't do. I didn't even know they're as bad as you had been saying. 21st in the league. Woof, friends, that's real tough. But I think that you know, if they have their top six in there. But keep the- keep in mind, though, so it, remember, it's all about context, right? Like 21st in all baseball, but for a large portion of the year, they had their first-round draft pick, who was a natural first baseman, playing in left field. And then they didn't have their great all-world center fielder out there for a lot of the season. So I think that that's a huge part of it as well. Yeah, and then you're having Adam Eaton out there, who's not the <laughs> guy who he used to be. Oh, boy. He was terrible in right field. So, yeah, I can see the White Sox – you know, the numbers being improved, but I know they're going to hit in the postseason. They have way too many talented hitters out there, and they when they've come together this year for the two games that they had their top six, they've hit the ball, and they've hit it really hard. So they can make a lot of errors and miscues go away with home runs and doubles and triples all all the postseason long. Yeah, man, I, I you know, I, th- I think they'll they'll tighten it up. I worry more about the offense now because you you have a, a lot of guys who aren't hitting. A lot of guys, you know, like 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 Ta who hasn't been in the lineup for a while. But that there's time for that. And I, I think once they're rolling and once this, this thing starts for real, and you can go back to zero, I, I think they'll get it done. And and it, you, you know, if I'm Rick Hahn, I don't think that this team's defensive play is what's keeping me up at night. I worry about. Uh, the volatility of my bullpen and how it's going to be deployed in, in a big spot and that stuff that we have no control over at this point. You know, you have to surrender yourself to the, uh, you know, the variance of the baseball gods at this point. So that, that, that's all I have for you. So I arm you with those stats and let you know uh, that the Sox are not great, uh, but they can improve. And it, ultimately it may matter because they've got great starting pitching and they, if they hit the ball out of the ballpark, they're going to be fine. Uh, but 
you know, uh, if if you like the way that they've been playing at home, you didn't like the past two games in the series there, so maybe you're you're longing for uh, a road series uh, against Houston. But uh, yeah, that's that's where the White Sox stand defensively. I am not worried, but still, it's got to clean up. Um, real quick here uh, before we, uh, we'll, you know, let's take a quick time out and we'll talk about uh, the drama that unfolded at the end of that Angels game uh, next here on Locked On White Sox. Locked On White Sox is also brought to you by Bet Online. It's that time of year again, folks, and all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season. And as always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-a-million-dollar NFL Mega Contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest. They're all open now at Bet Online. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. Be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo. That's where you make a bet on Thursday, September 9th during the season opener between the Super Bowl champion Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys and if you lose your wager will be refunded up to $25 for new customers only when signing up using promo code NFL100. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. The dog days of August may be behind us and the Sox certainly have some work to do here, but let's face it, folks. Big lead in the AL Central. You want to have something interesting to put your money on every night. Make things a little more fun with the White Sox. Go to Bet Online for all your latest odds on the Sox. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait. Take advantage of all the great offers for the 2021 season. Bet Online, your online sportsbook, your online sportsbook experts, and don't forget our promo code locked on at Bet Online. That's promo code locked on at Bet Online. This episode of Locked On White Sox is brought to you by our friends at DirecTV. Welcome aboard, DirecTV. Does this sound familiar to you guys out there? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for all the good stuff, right? Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment that you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called DirecTV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again, and the best part, there's no annual contract, so get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at DirecTV.com. That's DirecTV.com. DirecTV, get your TV together compatible device required content varies by package all right so there was a bit of uh you know uh, not even a kerfuffle it was barely a dust up but jose abreu got hit again and this is another thing i was looking into who leads the league uh in being hit and you go to the mariners ty france is number one of all of baseball uh with the 23 23 times he was hit by pitch then you go Mark Canna of the A's 23 times. Jonathan India was hit 20 times this season so far. And then there he is, number four. MV Pito has been hit 19 times with a pitch so far in 2021. And we, we've seen it a lot all year. And I don't know if it's just uh, the guy's a soft target and he's the heart and soul of the team or the blood and guts. If Tim's the heart and soul, then Jose's the blood and guts. I don't know if it's intentional a lot of the time. I think generally... Uh, you see good hitters uh, on this list a lot of the time. But 
there was an incident uh, over the, you know, Jose's been hit a lot, and he was hit a couple times in this Angels series. And then Mike Wright comes into the ball game, and in, in the ninth inning there, he hits Shohei Otani, and then he's immediately ejected without a warning. Uh, Tony came out. He was angry, and he was still he's still very stoic when he's out there arguing with the umpire. This is got a, not a guy with a lot of fire, and so I'm wondering what exactly he has to say to get run from a ball game because he's not going to make a huge spectacle, and you're not going to read you're not going to read his lips for a lot of four letter words. So he must have said something really <laughs> hurtful to the home plate umpire to get run there. But um, what did you make of that situation there at the end of the ball game? I thought it was a whole lot of silliness, and I certainly don't believe that Mike Wright, who uh, is vying for a roster spot and just a job, was out there trying to hit Shohei Otani. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, it's ridiculous that they threw him out because, firstly, as you said, Jose Abreu had been hit multiple times. Yola Mancada, other people had been hit. And I think Jose getting hit is a product of the scouting report. You want to go up and in on him especially with a fastball, and sometimes these pitchers don't have the control and command of their pitches. So he gets hit uh, multiple times this year, fourth most in Major League Baseball. But Mike Bray hit the guy like in the calf. What are we doing? I mean, seriously, what are we doing? Like, I understand want to protect players like Otani, want to protect from retaliation. The White Sox, I believe in my heart, my heart of hearts, are not trying to throw at Otani to exact some revenge. That type of baseball is left in the 90s. That's not the baseball that we play, even though Tony is an old school guy. I'm sure he's not like, oh, go and hit Otani in the damn calf. If you're going to hit him, probably hit him in the midsection to, sh- to get a, you know, uh, show him that this is not what we do here. I'm totally against that, by the way, because who cares? If they're hitting your guy, they're not doing it on purpose. I'm sure you don't like Jose getting hit in the elbow or getting hit in the head, but those are that's what happens sometimes to your best hitters. But it was ridiculous for the umpires to throw Mike right out. And then Tony Briss probably said, Hey man, you guys are not gonna have me and my player get thrown out without throwing me out too. So <laughs> yeah. you better run me. I'm just gonna say I'm just gonna stay out here until you run me. So might as well do it. I'm sure he didn't say any salty language to those guys. He's a Hall of Famer. They respect <laughs> him. And so he just got ran himself and looked like his players and the, the crowd enjoyed it. So maybe it's a rallying cry you know, for a listless team today. You get some fire, and then you can go back to the uh, clubhouse and say, hey, guys, I stand up for you guys. You need to stand up for me when you're out there. That garbage effort today was unacceptable. Do you think that's what he said? Do you think he, he rolled off his uh, credentials there to the umpire, and that's why he got run? Do you think he was out there like, I'm legitimate. I'm a Hall of Famer. Boom, you're gone. You're gone. Have some humility, <laughs> sir. Have some humility. You're out of this ball game. Uh, yeah, but I, I agree. I don't think any any hitter, any pitcher is trying to hit anyone on the White Sox with the lineup that they have, putting a guy on base, especially a, a team – uh, that is not lighting it up uh, offensively. You know, giving free base runners, I'm sure, is not what the doctor ordered in terms of keeping that going. So, yeah, I would agree. Tony was upset about that after the game and uh, just straight up said that the umpire was wrong in that situation. So, uh, sticking up for his guys, I, I, I love to see it. I uh, don't like to see Jose Abreu getting hit, but as you said, it's probably in the scouting report combined with the, the absence of the sticky stuff here uh, a little bit, which helps pitchers grip the ball. I think that's all a part of this here. But, uh, yeah, man, just a, 
an overall disappointing series for the White Sox against the Angels. Uh, you know, we're all looking at the finish line. You know, it's 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 hard because we're certainly counting down the magic number, and you got to think in their head they're doing the same. So, you know, I certainly don't blame them. They are human in that regard, uh, but they they've got to tighten things up because you don't want to go into Cleveland. Uh, what is it at the at the end of next week and uh, or, or face Cleveland at the end of next week. And uh, maybe it's even two weeks from now. I have no idea. I don't look ahead. I just look day, one day at a time, Herb. That's the way you got to go about this thing. One day at a time, you know, just uh, uh, just be a great teammate and blah, 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 whatever. Uh, so, you know, you don't want to get too close for comfort there against uh, Cleveland, but uh, I think this thing will, uh, will eventually tighten up as we move on to the Texas series here where we'll be watching – uh, Saturday's game at the Ballpark Pub, but first we have to have Friday's game first before we can get there. Friday's pitching matchup is as follows for the White Sox. Going on the bump in Texas, we get to see that new stadium uh, in Texas other than the World Series uh, set up there. Dylan Cease is 11-7 with a 4-2-2. He's going up against Taylor Hearn. He's 6-4 and with a 3-9-9 earn run average on the year, so it would be a nice time for Dylan Cease to, to bounce back off that clunker he had in the last uh, outing. And guess what? There's not much of a sample size of the White Sox hitters versus Taylor Hearn here. Uh, there's only two guys have faced him. Abreu's faced him once. Moncada's faced him once. They're both 0 for 1. So should be interesting. Don't be surprised if they come out of this one uh, struggling a little bit as they're trying to get their bearings against a the guy they haven't seen. But still, this offense is scuffling a little bit here. So uh, they're going to have to get it done one way or another. So, uh, yeah, it should be an interesting weekend series. You know, uh, another test for this team who is eyeing the end of this thing, looking at the finish line against a team that is not going anywhere. You've got Lance Lynn making his return there. So a lot of interesting things that are going to happen in this series. But I am looking forward to watching uh, Saturday's game with you all at the Ballpark Pub. But uh, other than that, that's all I got today, Herb. Sorry, folks. I've been a little uh, distracted. My dog is uh, acting <laughs> weird today. What's, just... what's, what's he doing? He's been crying all day. I don't know. He's just acting weird, like uh, girlfriend's at school. So, and it's Mexican Independence Day, so oh, she's stuck well. down there. Your dog. So yeah. I don't know. Your dog is Mexican. Are, he is not. Oh. Ziggy is currently not Mexican, but you know, she's stuck down in the traffic of Mexican Independence Day. People are celebrating the downtown area, so he's like missing her slash wants to go out, and he's been crying in the background. I hope you guys didn't. No, hear I didn't hear that because yeah, yeah. <laughs> what yeah, ador- a adorable. Look he's a him. jerk dog, Look but now him. he's calmed down a little bit more. What a jerk, Ziggy. He's on our bed if you guys are watching this. Yeah. Um, but, yes, that is Chris Tannehill, at Chris Tannehill. Me, Herb Lawrence, Ecknerwall23 is the way you can follow me there, and our show is at Locked on Socks. I hope I see you guys out there. Your dog won't be there on Saturday at Ballpark <laughs> Pub. I've heard only good things. We had an email from our guy Chuck in Buena Park, says the owner and her sons, salt of the earth, great people. So oh, great. I'm looking forward to meeting them. And hopefully, Chuck, Bladen Park, come on out. We'll, let's meet. Let's uh, press the flesh. Let's uh, meet face-to-face and uh, t- uh, throw a beer back. I was going to say tuck a buck, but that's the wrong spot. <laughs> I have been craving Kimski all damn week. You know this to be true. Uh, we're going to get over there, I think, afterwards. Uh, you know, uh, Maybe in between uh, the, the taping and, and the game, we'll slide over there real quick because uh, I don't know if we'll make it there after the game. But me and you got a Kimski date. How does that sound? I'm going to get both. They have like a – I think it said a – brisket burger i'm gonna get that at the ballpark pub oh they do oh, okay also, i'll eat there as and, well yeah 
oh, you know me, I can eat both places and then get some Kimsky, maybe some uh, fried chicken, some ice cream, oh, and yeah. or pizza. <laughs> That's right. I don't know. I wish there was a place around there that had all three. Well, I'm gonna come. Uh, I'm gonna come hungry then. So yeah, we, we got to have some food at the Ballpark Pub. Yeah, I'm sure they've got great food. So yeah, uh, looking forward to seeing you all out there on Saturday. Five o'clock sharp, okay? Watch the podcast taping from the 108 show, and then, of course, we'll run that on our feed as well. So uh, I hope you guys have a great weekend, and I hope, uh, like as you say, Herb, uh, uh, beat us there. Don't meet us there, right? Yes. Um, That is Chris. I'm Herb. Thank you for joining us on Locked on Socks.